This is episode 02, The Sleepy Belief System, part 1. Welcome to the Sleep Geek Health Revolution podcast. My name is Eric Charles and I am here with Ilan Lohman to help you discover how you can build healthy habits and live a better life. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get to it. What's going on? It's Eric here and I'm with Ilan. Ilan, how's it going? Hey, uh, how's it Eric? How's it everyone listening? Uh, it's uh, awesome to be here. Great stuff. Um, I'm excited. So just for context guys, today we are here to talk about sleek geek beliefs. You know, we're trying to create what we want to call a sleek geek belief system. And so far we have come up with a list of 27 sleek geek beliefs that we think are really important to have and understand on this journey. Ilan, you had an idea to actually discuss them with the community. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I just thought, you know, the community is such an integral part of our decision-making in Sleek Geek because we are the community, the community is us, and I love the idea of participation from mm. the community. So I just thought, while we have these 28 points, we want to whittle them down. Yes. Um, and we can get input from the community. They can help us. So I thought rather than, you know, what you would normally do is we would sit behind closed doors. We would like do all the, the, the hard thinking work and then we'd eventually come with and say, these are the beliefs. Mm. So I'd love to, you know, for us to debate this openly. Yes. Um, get input from the community. Right. People listen to this podcast and who knows, the community might even offer us some points that we haven't even thought I of. I love that. You know, or new angles. Yeah. So that's why I think this is a cool process for us to share these, these 27 or 28 beliefs that we've noted down so far. It's going to be really hard because yeah. they're all powerful. They're all great. I don't know we had a tough hell. time making Maybe this. we're going to be forced to publish 28. I don't know. Um, there is no right, like, there's no rule here. Um, but I think, yeah, let's go through them. It's probably going to take us two podcasts, right? Yeah. So I think if we're going to aim for 45 to 60 minutes of podcast, we'll try and split these into two. You know, doing the first 13 or so in this podcast and the remaining in the other, but we'll see how it goes. Try not to go off on too much of a tangent. Yeah. But, you know, having said that, sorry, like, I mean, you know, we don't want to go off on a tangent, but we were thinking when we decided to create this podcast, Eric made a really good point that it would be wonderful if the people we work with in the community can get insight into what we're actually thinking. Mm, Inside our heads. Exactly. And, And listening to this podcast will give you guys an idea of, you know, what we really think. And I think before we get into them, the other important thing to note is, you know, we're uh, we're an organization around health and mm. fitness and healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yet, when you listen to this podcast, you're going to note that we don't talk about nutrition, sleep, exercise. Not explicitly. Explicitly. Yeah. We're talking about principles. And I like that because principles can be broadly applied to almost any area in life. To me, that's how you know it's a good principle if it's transferable. Exactly. These beliefs that we're going to be talking about can be applied to any area of someone's life, but they are absolutely essential and integral to the living of a healthy lifestyle. Because mm. to me, 99% of living a healthy lifestyle is about mindset. Absolutely. These are all mindset related. So anyway, so let's dive you in. go for it. You go for it. Cool. So we're going to alternate one, 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 one. So I'm going to start. And my very first point was, I believe that you need to design your environment. And what I mean by that is your environment affects you every minute of every day, no matter what. 
And it either sets you up for success or it sets you up for failure by default. I'll give an example. Let's say you grew up in a household full of smokers. Uh, you're more likely to become a smoker yourself. But if you grew up in a household where no one smokes, you're a lot less likely to become someone who smokes. And that's just the power of environment. Like you're not, like people who become smokers, they're not weak, they're not stupid. They just happen to be influenced by that kind of smoking habit. And the same can be said for, for example, nutrition. If you keep a lot of junk food in your house, you're more likely to eat junk food. Yeah. If you keep a lot of healthy food in your house, you're more likely to eat a lot of healthy food. It is that simple. It's literally the decision you make to design your environment that will heavily influence the actions and behaviors you take. Yeah, I think you summed it up really well. And what I love about this one is we hear a lot of people saying very often, I have no willpower. Mm. I have no discipline. Yes. It's something you hear often. Yes. And why I love this particular belief is because most people think that it's all about discipline and all about willpower. They are, they play their role, yes. but they don't realize how critically important the environment that they're in is and Absolutely. they can design that for success. Absolutely. So I think yeah. you nailed that. Thank you. I mean, I'd, I'd also have no willpower if there was a jar of rusks in my kitchen counter. Well, you every day you know you and I love rusks. Yeah. I mean, the one time we were at an Airbnb and there were rusks on the counter. We just both we looked at each other. other and we were like, <laughs> oh, we asked the host if she could please just remove the rusks. Yeah. And that's why there's no rusks in my kitchen counter. Instead, it's a bowl of fruit because that's going to make me more likely to eat that. All right, Ilan, your one. What's next? Okay. So my first one is the mantra that really got me passionate about starting Sleek Geek, mm. about pursuing Sleek Geek, Ooh, okay. and, and really wanting to share this vision of health. And that is, I fundamentally believe that life is better when you're healthy. Okay. Like, to me, that means that every aspect of your life improves mm. when you are healthy. Now, I'm not saying it's a guarantee. If you're healthy, you're going to have a wonderful life. Yeah. But to me, it's foundational. In a sense that if you want to have a better relationship with your partner, if mm. you want to have a better career, if you want yeah. to be a better worker, if you want to be optimal, if you want to be better functioning, if you want to be someone who really has like a thirst for life, to me, I think being healthy is what enables you to pursue that. Now, you know, you look at examples, um, you know, take someone like Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Or U.S. Fund mm. Now, these are people who unfortunately their health was removed from them involuntarily. It wasn't mm. self-inflicted. But it illustrates the point, you can have all the money in the world, uh, you can have all the fame in the world, mm. um, when you don't have your health, yeah. you pretty much have nothing. Um, and so I just believe that life is better when you're healthy. So I agree, and I love that. It's a, great, it's a great goal to work towards. You know, if you want to live a better life, one of the first things you can do is just get healthy. Yeah. You know, as you said, like you'll be more productive, you'll be more energetic, you'll be more happier. Um, that's great. And I think everyone else listening would agree as well. And also just to expand on that quickly. I mean, you know, I'm 15 years older than you. You start to contemplate your mortality. Yeah. You know, I'm 44 now turning 45. That's like kind of scary because I'm thinking, geez, you know, fifties and sixties aren't far away. Yeah. But I think to myself, if I want to have a impactful life mm. for a long time and I want to do my work with passion, I feel like to me, health is the key yeah. to help me ensure that I can have the energy and the ability to be as effective as impactful for as long as I can. Right. And so that's why it is so important to me going, you know, as I age, my life is just going to be better. And it's never too late, right? Like it doesn't matter never how old late. you are. I mean, I, you know, I started my health journey when I was like 20 and I felt like, oh, I wish I had done this earlier. But you know, it's never too late. The, the, the thing is, you just got to do it. We've got many possible. people in the community who've started in their 50s and 60s and reaping the benefits. And they're rocking it. Yeah, exactly. Never too late. Yeah. All right, next one. So my next one, 
uh, is be your own hero. Like I, I really believe that no one is coming to save you. It's up to you to make it happen. No one will do it for you. And it just means that if you want something to happen, if you have a goal, if you want to make progress, you can rely on advice from doctors, from coaches, from friends, from family, etc., and help from them. But at the end of the day, they can't do it for you. Only you can do it. And you just have to sometimes be your own hero. You have to get up and make it happen. Absolutely. And I think, you know, nobody can care about you as much as you can for care sure. for yourself. Now, yeah. look, I understand like there are people out there who might not care enough about themselves mm. right now. Yeah. Um, as much as they should be. Yeah. But at the end of the day, nobody can care about you more than you do. Exactly. They just need you to hear Potentially. Yeah. And you've got to do it. You know, when you're there at 11 o'clock at night mm. in front of the cookie jar. Yeah. You know, when you are the one who's got to put your shoes on in the morning to get to the gym, mm. nobody can do that for you. Yeah. No coach can run around off with you with the stick like for your rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know? Or a and, carrot. And I love the visualization of being a hero you know you can kind of let's say you're in a, in a, in a really bad or weak moment you can kind of visualize this alter ego of yourself coming in and swooping to save the day like saying no you don't want to do that come on you can do it you can you can uh look after your health you can get up early you can you know stop hitting the snooze button you know it's a very powerful and emotional kind of visualization sure. of being your own hero absolutely all right what is your next one Elan? Okay, so, you know, this is another one which is really, really close to my heart. Mm. And people often hear me say this. I say, let health be your anchor. Now, I normally will clarify that when I say, like, life sucks or when life is tough or when mm. life is giving you lemons, whatever it is. But essentially, I think that people often are good at doing the things that they need to do when things are going well. Yes. So... I find that when things go badly for people in their lives, um, often the first thing they drop is their commitment to their health. Yeah. Which always upsets me because the irony of it is that that's probably the worst thing that they should be doing. Because what they're doing is they're making their troubles worse. Mm. They're compounding their problems. Yeah. So, you know, for example, you know, two tangible examples in my life. When my father passed away. Yeah. Worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. I made a point when he passed away, I said, you know what? I'm not going to eat my emotions. I think I took a day or two where I ate a bit, but like I literally said, I need to focus more on my healthy eating. I need to focus more on my exercise because those are going to empower me. Yeah. And those are going to help me to cope with this better. You definitely doubled down. I remember I, was, I, was, I had a huge amount of respect for you when you did that. Like you had better days during that tough time than... Sure. Some of the other more average non-eventful days where maybe you saw health as my anchor. You doubled down exactly. You and know, when when I when I was in a bad breakup, I had my heart broken. I decided, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to eat my emotions. Mm. I'm not going to stop going to the gym. And you know, it doesn't have to be an absolute crisis in your life. Yeah. What I found even like in my working career mm. was suddenly when deadlines pick up for people, when projects increase, the first thing to go is their commitments to their health. Yeah. And when people get stressed, they start to order more takeaways. They yes. start to cook less. Yeah. They start to skip more gym It's like visits. their default mode is like revealing itself. Exactly. Whereas I feel that if they carried on with going to the gym and eating well, when they're actually working, they would mm. be more productive. They True. would be more effective. I mean, yeah. you know, there was, that, there was that famous thing with Sting 
who, you know, he, he was into yoga. Yeah. And like someone was like, doesn't yoga take up too much time? And he was like, no, with yoga, I have more time. Mm. You know, it's a whole idea of being going slow to go fast. Yes. You know, so I think that people who are, are suddenly time pressured with work don't realize that by just working late, by not sleeping, by eating junk, they probably are putting out, you know, poor quality work. Absolutely. Well, and, compiling, being less efficient and compiling about. everything. So what yeah. I'm saying to you is when things are not going well, mm. you have to have a conversation with yourself mm. and you have to say, you know what, Ilan, you know what, Eric, look in that mirror and you say to yourself, I am going to try doubly hard yeah. right now to get nutrients into my body, to help mm. me, to get good sleep. Yeah. To get exercise, these are the things that are going to help you cope. These are the things that are going to help you do better. It's counterintuitive. Yeah. But when you think about it, like now as people are hearing me say this, I'm sure they're going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Ah, sounds right. yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. But in the time, they don't realize that they're just causing themselves more. And knowing and doing a very different thing. I love the concept of the anchor. You know, it's almost like health is what is keeping you anchored during a storm. Yes. Anytime your life is messy, like you just... You hang on to the fact that you're prioritizing your health and that the help by doing that, it will, the storm will pass and you will Absolutely. be strong during it. Absolutely. So let's move on to your next one. So the next one I have is health is a habit. And this is really fundamental to sleep. You know, we believe in teaching people healthy habits so they can live a better life. And the reason is you are what you repeatedly do. And I know you've all heard that saying before, but I want to explain it a different way. Fit and healthy people don't necessarily follow specific training plans or strict diets. Most of the time, they actually just have a certain set of habits that they repeat, either intentionally or unintentionally. You know, sometimes we grow up and we're lucky that we get taught these great healthy habits from a young age that we don't think of again, like we don't give any moment of thought to it, but we just do it. And that could be, oh, we just have the habit of going for a walk regularly like it's just something we do mm. and that keeps us healthy we have the habit of oh you know i've always had veggies with dinner and that's just never been something i've questioned it's just is the thing it is yeah it's the way it is and that's the health is a habit like if you want to be healthy you need to practice things you need to do them repeatedly if you want to be healthy you have to literally every single day what can i do over and over and over again to be healthy, what can I repeatedly do? Yeah, and I think I think I'm sure you guys will agree with that. So that is my point. Absolutely, and and, and what I love about that point is it puts time into a new perspective. Mm. Because you know, obviously, people want to change quickly. Yeah, and I think people have a short-term memory around change. Yes. So for example, let's say, let's take me for example. Okay. Um, as I'm getting older, one of my challenges is my mobility. Mm. I've never been very flexible. If I want to age really well, then I'm going to have to address my mobility. Yeah. But, you know, what happens is I'll decide, oh, I'm going to go do some yoga. Okay. And then I'll go do yoga for a few weeks Mm. and then I'll stop. Yeah. And when I look back at it over the last year, why am I still immobile? Why am I still inflexible? Didn't become a habit. Because this last year, how much yoga have I actually done? Yeah. And so that's why I think, you know, people who go on crash diets and these kind of things that in the moment for those Mm. three or four or five weeks, they think, geez. I was so good, I ate so healthy. Yeah. But like look back on the last six months, the last year, the last two years, you are the product mm. of all of those daily actions. You are what you repeatedly do. Yeah, like over the past 365 days, what have you actually repetitively done? You are the sum of most. Like have you 
eaten more junk food or have you eaten more veggies? You know, like what is what have you repeated the most? Exactly. I mean, you can take that a year, a month, a week, yeah, ten years, a yeah. decade, twenty years. You Absolutely. are ultimately the sum and the product of those habits and those daily actions. That's very true. And I just one last thing to add: is I love the fact that it, a habit can be really small and doable as well. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be massive lifestyle change where you overhaul your life overnight. Yes. It can literally just be what, what's one small habit, like brushing my teeth, for example, that I can add into my day to get more steps in or to eat better or to get to sleep earlier. Yes. Well, Ilan, what's next? Well, I mean, just before we move on to the next one. All right. I mean, you know, your point was that health is a habit. Yes. And we focused on you are what you repeatedly do. Yes. We touched on the habits. But, you know, what I, what I like about that belief as a core belief for Sleek Geek is that I think there's a paradigm shift mm -hmm. because most people, when they want to get healthier, when they want to lose weight, when they want to get fitter, mm. they almost think I've got to go on a plan. Yeah. I've got to do a plan. Mm. And, you know, this is a total, it, it's an inversion. It's like a total rethinking yeah. of the model Yeah. and saying, you know what? No, you don't need some fancy plan. Mm. You just need to develop, these small habits and do them consistently over time. Absolutely. I mean, have so, you ever seen those people who they'll, they'll start a diet or plan and they'll say, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, you yeah. know? But like, it actually is a diet because you just started something new. Like, true lifestyle change happens when you actually change your normal behavior. Yes, not because you normal. Not because the plan tells you to go to the gym, you just go to the gym because you are a gym goer. Absolutely. You know, you're eating healthy, not because you're following a diet, but just because that is what you do day in and day out, whether it's a Monday or a Sunday or, you know, January or December. Absolutely. So for me, it's an entire paradigm shift. Awesome. Okay, great. So my next one was bounce back quickly. So I'll make this mm. one really quick. Um, I think the key here is that, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Right. You know. Nobody can get away from that. Everyone makes mistakes. All the people we love and we aspire to, they all make mistakes. But the ones who win are the ones who are able to get back on track as soon as possible. Mm. You know, sometimes people call that resilience. Um, but, you know, for me, it's just about how quickly can you dust yourself off mm. and get back on to the track. You know, we've talked about in Sleek Geek blog posts and articles, we've talked about the never miss twice rule. Yes. Only one bad meal. The whole idea is you don't want... Um, mistakes, I don't even like the word mistakes, but you don't want um, setbacks to gather momentum. You know, you don't want those to, to build momentum like a snowball effect. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to get on track. So if you have a bad weekend, Monday you want to be back on it. Mm. You know, what some people do is... Even they, sooner. Yeah, yeah, some people let one bad meal turn into a bad day, turn into a bad weekend, turn into a bad week. Absolutely. And it's a few months later. So you so, almost need to like look for like the very next opportunity to get started again. Like if you had a exactly. bad Saturday night dinner, make the Sunday morning breakfast super healthy. Exactly. Get back on track. We've talked about wiping the slate clean. So if something goes wrong in your plan, you do something that you weren't intending to do, your mm. first priority is how do I just quickly get back on track? And sometimes you need a few false starts. Mm. You know, sometimes then you try. It's, what, it's that whole idea of, you know, fall down... 99 times, get up 100. You just keep getting back up. Just keep, up, up, keep getting up. Keep, but you want, you want to minimize the time yes. between that. But, but the first thing is knowing that no, everybody makes mistakes. Yes. And knowing it's part of the process. Anyway, so that was very quick. Great. Well, I love that. I think point. that's the key. Like, you know, just only one bad meal, only one skip workout, only one late night. 
mm-hmm. people can just draw that into their hands and they'll be back. a lot more successful absolutely so this this is where uh, the next point comes in my i believe that your actions express your priorities you know words are cheap it doesn't matter what you say or believe are your priorities your actions will actually tell the truth so you know you could say that your health is your priority yeah. and you can say until you're blue in the face but if your actions don't actually show that then it isn't a priority yes you can say your kids and your family are a priority but like if you aren't actually spending time with them every day if you're not carving out time if you're not scheduling time with them if you're not putting them first above watching tv above being on social media or whatever then maybe they aren't as much of a priority as you think so to me that goes the same for you know if, if health is a priority then you're going to eat more healthy food than junk food especially when given the choice if exercise is a priority you're going to go to the gym more often than not especially when you don't want to yeah. you know if sleep is a priority you get the idea like your, your actions the things you actually do express your priorities and i think many people they kind of almost let themselves off the hook by telling themselves health is a priority yeah. by telling themselves that they they value certain things but then they don't actually do it they don't show it and it's sure. almost like a lie absolutely i mean like you know what sometimes happens in our experience i mean we've had experiences where people will pay you for coaching yes a fair amount of money every yeah. month and then not really show up mm-hmm. and as much as you chase someone to do the work they will avoid you um but somewhere inside they're telling themselves that by paying a coach, they've made health their priority. Yes, but they're but, not actually doing it. But it's it. not true. Yes. Because they're not doing the work. Good and this point. is not to shame yeah. anyone. It's not to no, put no, them no, out. Yeah. But I think often we think we think that we're prioritizing something. Absolutely. But you know, when when we really face up to it, it's not necessarily the case. You know, for example, you know, if I take like relationships, quality time with my girlfriend. Yeah. You know, if I say it's my priority to spend quality time with her you know, and we spend every night on the couch watching series and not talking to each other, mm. then, you know, am I being truthful with myself? Is that really quality time spent with my girlfriend? Or well, if she's speaking to you and suddenly, like, you're on your phone while she's speaking to you or something like that. Yeah. Also, you know, you're not giving full attention. All I've given her is my physical presence. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's, that's... absolutely. Love your point. Am I... Back to me. Yeah, back there? to you. Yeah. Okay, cheers. We're moving through these. I thought we were going to uh, wax on more than, than we have, but we, we're doing oh, pretty we've well. We've got a good five or six to go still. Okay, so basically, you know, this is another one that I'm really passionate about, and it's largely because we do have a predominantly female community in Sleek Geek, and even though this is something that applies to everybody, I've found, from what I've observed, is particularly mothers... Mm-hmm are very prone to this one and this belief is you can't pour from an empty cup Mm. now that's an expression that you have heard elsewhere but i wanted to use it because it really is powerful and and people can picture it and you know the whole idea is that you know to give others your best you need to take care of yourself first Mm. now a great analogy for this is when you fly on an airplane and they do the safety instruction video yeah you know as you're waiting to take off they'll always say that you know if you are traveling you know if you are traveling with younger people or whatever it is you know put the mask on first yourself yourself yes and then help you know your kids or did you pass out you can't help people exactly and and for me that's a perfect analogy because 
what happens is that people often martyr themselves. Mm. They say, oh, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm so physically drained and spent because I'm giving so much yeah. to everyone else. But what and that's, happens, that's mothers and women especially. I mean, guys too, but especially women. Exactly. So what happens is they neglect themselves. They'll say, yeah. I don't have time for myself. I don't have time to do this for myself yeah. because I have to do this for this person or that person or whatever it is. And yeah. what they don't realize is that they're doing a half job yeah. um, for the people that they love. Yeah, you know, it's not criticism. It's just simply like, you know... No, it's, I mean, you know, I empathize. Absolutely. It, it's like it's sometimes people feel like they're being stuck in a rock in a hard place. Yeah. It's not, it's not intuitive. It's back to that sting example with the yoga. It's mm. not intuitive for someone to think, geez, I've got no time to give to my family. Let me go off and do a yoga class. Yeah. You know, I've got... Let me go off to the spa and, and have a treatment or mm. let, me go, let me go and spend 20 minutes writing in my journal. Yeah. Or let me go sit in the garden and read a book. Um, you know, it, it can be very counterintuitive, but the whole point is, is that you need to invest in yourself first. Mm. And once again, counterintuitive, but I often believe you need to be selfish yeah. in order to be selfless. Yes. So here's another quick example. Yeah. Like, let's say I'm dating someone and they have a problem with me going to the gym. Yeah. You know, because I'm taking away time from our relationship right my response would be you know what when i go to the gym you get my best version of me you know when i go to the gym you get like happy strong elan yes you know would you rather have more time with unhappy weak elan or would you rather have quality time with happy strong elan absolutely and that's mine like, there's always the reason behind it and i also like the fact that you know the, looking off yourself self-care doesn't have to be giant massive selfish kind of task or expensive or expensive they can be small it could literally be having five minutes of alone time going for a walk just having a bath going um doing a workout like you said yes having some fun but uh, you know just finding small ways to grow take care of yourself and show that you're putting yourself first and if this isn't enough to convince you i think something else that will help is especially if you're a mother or a parent, or if you're just looking after other people, they watch what you do and they learn from you. So if right now you're feeling miserable and stressed out and tired and exhausted and you can't find any time for yourself, there's a good chance that your daughter or whoever else is watching you and they're gonna learn that behavior for themselves. But if you can lead by example and show them, look, in order for me to take the best care of you, I need five minutes each day to just relax yeah. and it will allow me to show up my best self. They will learn that. And then one day they will do that too. You'll kind of break that cycle yeah. and you'll make them better. And I mean, I know we focused here on, 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 on mothers, but you know, even as an employee, as a worker, mm. you know, being a workaholic, things like that, they have diminishing returns. Absolutely. People don't realize, you know, you think it's heroic to work through the night every night, but ultimately the quality of your work is going to suffer. Absolutely. Um, and your output, and then, you know, you're not doing yourself or your employers any justice. And, so, and I find I almost don't notice it. Like, you know, for me, I, I have a great capacity to work consistently for a long period of time, you know, all day, every day if I need to. And I find you get to a point where it becomes normal. Like, you, 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 okay, this is just my life. My life right now is a, a little more crappy than it could be. But it feels okay, like I've managed to make it normal. But then I'll go away for like a weekend and like, oh, life just changes. 
Yeah. You know, suddenly like you're so much more relaxed and you, you get you get out of that space you were in. You get ideas. And you get a perspective just how bad it might have been. So I think finding ways to schedule self-care activities to make it sure they happen is really important. Absolutely. Great. So the next one is mine, eh? Right. So the next one for me was to have a growth mindset. Now, some of you may have heard about growth versus a fixed mindset. Um, maybe you, you know about it, maybe you don't. And there's different ways to explain it. But for me, the key is that you need to believe that you can improve with enough practice and enough effort. In other words, you are not stuck. You are not um, destined just to become, to be who you are. You know, if you think you are, this is, you are the, like growing up for me, I firmly believe that I was destined to be overweight, fat, unhealthy, unfit, and it was impossible for me to change. I had this fixed mindset and I just thought that the world is against me no matter how hard I try, I, I just can't get better. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can change. Therefore, I don't really ever try hard enough. Therefore, nothing ever happens and I prove myself right. That's why I, I really believe that you need to have a growth mindset. You need to believe that your efforts will be rewarded. You need to believe that you can improve with practice, with time, with effort. And if you believe that, then almost anything becomes possible. Absolutely. I think it starts with that. I mean, it starts with that belief that you can. Yes. And, and you know, further to that, once you've gotten past that, I, I think that to extend on this topic, I honestly believe that one of the key points or purposes of life is to keep growing and keep learning. Mm. So, you know, I almost think, I always think of myself like, you know, like Terminator. Yeah. You know, like you got the, the version one of yeah. the nigga like 20 years ago. I love that, yeah. You know, like I'm always like, what version of myself am I now? And that's, yeah. you've made that normal, right? Like, this yeah. is just, my life is, other people might be, uh, life just goes downhill from here. Yeah. And that's their perspective. Yeah. And how different could your life be if you believe that every year you're leveling up yeah. or every year you're getting worse? I'm just on this constant drive to be better. That's incredible. You've got to pace yourself. Like, I mean, yeah. I think it can, it can be counterproductive if you're constantly feeling... I think you've still got to enjoy each level. For sure, you don't have to level up, but to yeah. me the main thing is you can if you want to. Yes. Like, if you want to lose weight. It's available. You actually can do it. It's like Henry Ford said, like whether you can or you, whether you think you can or you can't, yes. you're right. Yes. And, and to me also the difference between that growth and that fixed mindset is very much around being solutions focused mm. or kind of problems focused. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. when you have a growth mindset, you are more in the mode of trying to find solutions. You more it's more of a can do. There is a way I will I can find this. I can find a way. Yes. I can do this. It's possible. So I love that. Absolutely. I think that that is a critical one. I think that's a, a great point. Um, are you done with that point? I am done with that point for now. Okay, so here's another topic that I've written about many times in the past and often resonates with people and I'm quite passionate about is the belief that commitment beats motivation. Mm. Okay, now, I'm not saying motivation is pointless. I'm not yeah. saying that it doesn't have its place. Mm. But what I am saying is that motivation is a very fleeting emotion. Right. And, you know, commitment is reliable and dependable. So I'll give you an example. Now, imagine if we only did things in our lives when we were motivated. Mm. You know, a lot of people wouldn't do much. 
Can't imagine so, you only picked up your kids from school when you felt motivated yeah. to. You only went to work when you felt motivated exactly. to. Exactly. So, so what I think is, I think it's crazy when people are waiting for motivation to go to the gym. Mm. Or when people are waiting for motivation to take healthy actions, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm outsourcing my actions to the, to the chance that I might feel motivated. Right. You know, there's too much chance in it. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm saying if you make a commitment and you say, I'm going to do this, whether you have motivation or whether you don't have motivation, and you just commit to that and do it. I like that. You know, like here's an example. Well, actually, here's an analogy from, you know, Bruce Foras. If you're a... South African listener, you'll know that he was for many years a Comrades Marathon champion. And there's a little story about him that I heard. Um, and the thing was, apparently, he would wake up at five in the morning uh, to go for his run. And the deal that he had with himself was whether he felt motivated or not, his commitment was that he put on his shoes and his clothes and he'd mm. run to the first lamppost. And if he wasn't feeling it, after the first lamppost, he gave himself permission to go back to bed. Now, do you think Bruce Fordyce yeah. ever went back to bed? <laughs> no. But the point is, is that nobody wakes up every morning motivated to go and do that exercise. Yes. So the other lovely analogy that I have on this is, you know, those of you that work in jobs, listening to this, if you have a meeting in your calendar with a client or with a new business prospect or with your boss, you know, you're probably not going to 20 minutes before the meeting, contact everyone and say, you know, guys, I'm not really feeling motivated to have this conversation or to do this meeting. Can we like maybe do it another time? You wouldn't do that because you fear the consequences and, you know, you have to do it. So you made why, a commitment. Yeah. Exactly. So why, why are you applying this kind of thinking to your health and fitness. I love that. You know, so that's that's really how I see it. So I'm saying if you want to free yourself from all that negotiation, because negotiating with yourself can be tiring. You know, having to think and do mental gymnastics. Should mm. I go? Shouldn't I go? It's exhausting. I, mean, I remember back in the day when I wasn't pre-sleep geek, when I couldn't really get into a fitness routine, I did try and go to the gym. And, you know, the mistake that I made was my idea was to go to gym after work. Mm. But any day where I had a tough day or any day where I had a little bit of extra work or any day where there was a deadline, there were just too many negotiations going on not to go. Oh, now mm. there's traffic. And so it's more like a nice to have or an actual commitment to go that particular day. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm saying don't rely on motivation, rely on commitment. I like that. Just, just to put the final nail in the coffin for relying on motivation is... We know motivation waxes and wanes. It goes up and down. Like you guys yeah. know it. If you think about your level of motivation for your career or for your relationship or for your health, your fitness, you know in hindsight that it goes up and down. There's periods where you're highly motivated and periods where you're low motivated. So even if you're feeling highly motivated right now, you know from all the years experience that your motivation will go down again. You will have days where you don't feel motivated. So knowing that, please don't let your plan rely on motivation because it just means you know your plan will be up there when sporadic. you when you have when you have it'll be sporadic because you'll either be following your plan when you're motivated but then it means you won't be following your plan when you're demotivated so which, don't rely on motivation to get stuff done when which it comes leads to into your next point really nicely absolutely you know actually my next point is motivation is optional and you know, we debated a bit about whether to make these the same topics or not because there are similar principles, but 
the perspective I want to give you is that you don't have to be motivated to do something. Yeah. Like, just because you don't feel motivated to go to gym doesn't mean you can't go. Like, believe it or not, you can do things you don't want to do. You know, you can pay taxes even if you don't want to. You can go to a job even if you don't want to. You can go to bed early even though you don't want to. You can turn the television off after one episode even though you don't want to. You don't need to be motivated as a pre-requirement in order to do something. Absolutely. And I think that's a game changer. That's pretty freeing. It is. Like, I mean, you don't have to enjoy something. Like, it's okay to accept that eating a chicken salad isn't going to be as tasty as eating a pizza. It's okay. Like, you don't have to be motivated to eat a chicken salad. Like, you can just say, oh, I I really feel like a pizza right now, but... This is aligned with my goals. I'm going to eat the the chicken salad. Like, I don't need to feel motivated in order to do it. Motivation is optional. And, And very often... When you actually take action, you'll find yourself feeling more motivated as a result. Like, heck yeah, I did that, even though I didn't want to. Yeah. Awesome. And you'll be more motivated. I mean, I've definitely experienced that. Like, sometimes I haven't been motivated to go for a run. Yeah. I've gone and I've ended up enjoying it, you know, and being really grateful that I did it. I mean, some of my best gym workouts have been on those days where I just really didn't want to do it. And it was like, oh, I'm going to do it anyways. And then halfway through, I'm like oh, I'm actually enjoying this. I feel so much better. And those are the days that count. And because I'm feeling so much better, now I'll go even harder. So absolutely, please, motivation is optional. You do not need to be motivated to do something. I love it. Two more next. It takes away any excuses. It does, eh? Okay, so, um, you know, my, my point here was health opens new doors. Okay. Okay, now, I think it's because, for me, getting healthy leads to new opportunities and experiences for people. And, Definitely. you know, I just, I just see that from the perspective, I mean, right up in the beginning of, of this talk um, podcast, I spoke about life being better when you're healthy. Yes. And it relates to that topic. But for me, it's something more. For me, it is, I think people have certain opportunities in life based on their abilities. Um, and when you become healthy and fit, you suddenly can do things that you maybe couldn't do before. Like an example for me was discovering hiking. Yes. You know, I didn't understand the joy of hiking up a mountain mm. and getting fit and healthy allowed me to be able to do that. Um, you know, being able to say yes to group activities. Now, when someone says, do you want to come along with us for a run or, you know, there's an obstacle race coming up. Would you like to be part of our team? Suddenly now I can do that. So it's created just new opportunities for me. It's given me, you know, and, and not just opportunities in the health and fitness space, but when you gain more energy, when you gain more confidence, mm. it also brings you more prospects in life. And you're enjoying you know, life more as well. Yeah, I mean, like, I know it's, it's, it's indirect, but let's say you're even a salesperson and you might find that having gotten healthy, you suddenly have much greater confidence. Um, you, you greet the world differently um, and it suddenly opens up a whole lot of doors and opportunities for you and experiences. So, yeah, I mean, that's just something which I really believe in. Um, it does relate to helping uh, better, life being better when you're healthy. But I definitely think that when you get onto a health journey, it's going to open up many great opportunities. You're going to meet new people. Mm. You're going to, yeah, you're going to find yourself mixing in different circles. I love that. You know, that was actually a very strong motivator for me in the beginning of my journey is I felt like at the time... I was living a very small and timid lifestyle. Yeah. You know, like 
I wouldn't be very I wasn't very adventurous. I didn't really try new things for fear of failure. Uh, I didn't you know go out and do stuff because I was unfit and awkward and shy and uncomfortable, and. I really wanted to live a bigger life. I wanted to actually get more out of life. I wanted to experience life more. And that was a very strong driver for improving my health and fitness. You know, I, I just really wanted to experience more in life. And I, it is a immediate feedback loop. I found as soon as I started losing weight, as soon as I started getting uh, fitter and getting more energy, that I just started doing more and more things. Like friends would invite me out. And I'd be like, heck yes, I can do that even though I wasn't sure, yeah. you know, before like I might get, hey, do you want to come have a hike? And I'd be like, uh, I don't know if I can keep up with you. Or, hey, do you want to come to this party? I'm like, oh, I don't know if I fit in. And now it just, uh, it's opened up so many more doors and more opportunities, like you said. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, that leads us to your next point. Is this going to be the last one? This I'll is the last one. We've been talking for about 40 minutes, which I think is a pretty good time. Okay. So um, maybe our, our listeners can give us feedback if they think about 40 minutes is around the sweet spot. Okay. I mean, time has just flown by for me. It felt like we just pressed play five minutes ago. It does. So the last one, point number 13, is to focus on a bright future. Uh, this is because I, I believe that when you're changing, when you're making change, you're either running away from a painful experience, like something painful, you're running away from the darkness, yeah. or you're running towards the light, you're running towards the benefits. And what I mean by this is, maybe you do want to change because you are tired of being overweight, you're tired of being depressed, you're tired of being ugly or fat or um, unconfident. And, and those are very negative things. Like if you spend a lot of time thinking about that, it's quite depressing. Like, if you're constantly thinking, oh, I hate being overweight, I hate being overweight, I, I wish I looked better, um, I wish I had more energy, I hate being so unfit, I hate being so out of breath, I'm so terrified of getting cancer or Alzheimer's or dying early from a heart attack. It's a lot of heavy, heavy negative stuff. But if you flip it around and you look at the bright future instead, how will you feel when you lose the weight? Mm -hmm. What will you be able to do? Like. How will you be able to live, um, live your life into old age when you're no longer worried about cancer or worried about heart attack? You know, that is the good stuff. That's the stuff that like lifts you up, makes you feel lighter, makes you feel happier. The world becomes a more optimistic place. I don't really want to use the word optimism because I don't believe it's about being optimistic. I just believe it's about looking at things from the right perspective. Absolutely. This is how you frame it. Exactly. I mean, I, I definitely, I, I see what, you know, this is about creating an inspiring vision. Yes. You know, like people get excited need, about People it. need a vision. They need to be inspired. I've always believed you need something to look forward to. Yes. Uh, in life. I mean, even if it's something small, you know, you need to look forward to things in life. That's why I like to book weekends away, mm. you know, all these, because, you know, you need to look forward to certain things in life. And, and I think... I agree with you 100%. Like, look, we know that people are driven by either, um, you know, fear of pain. Yeah. Or moving towards pleasure. Yes. You know, exactly so it. when I floss my teeth at night, I can be thinking, she's, you know, this is going to help me not have, you know, future dental bills. Mm. You know, this is going to make sure that I don't have... My, doc my doctor's scared the crap out of me because I need to do this kind of thing, you know? But on the other hand, I could think, wow, you know, this is going to make me like be really proud about mm. my teeth and my dental health. Yes. 
And absolutely, I mean, there are flip sides of, of the, the same coin. Mm. And I think there definitely are times in life where a little bit of fear is definitely motivating. For sure, in and, short and small amounts. Yeah. You know, we have many anecdotes of people who've turned their lives around mm. through fear. Yeah. But I like your framing. I like the idea of getting excited about something mm. as a motivator, as a driver. Well, to me, health and fitness should make your life better, not worse. Like, Absolutely. you know, I know in the moment going to the gym can feel like a bit of a slog sometimes. Eating healthy can't be that exciting. But, you know, the things you do need to be for a good positive reason. You can't just be constantly running away from this fear, this thing, this dark thing busy chasing you. Absolutely. You want to be looking forward to what you're doing. You want to be excited about why you're doing it. Absolutely. I mean, that also just comes, you know, to the whole enjoyment of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, you know, I know like, yes, sometimes a chicken salad is not as exciting as a pizza, but I do think that if anyone, you know, if you have a hope of succeeding in building a healthy lifestyle, yeah, you have to find a way and it's different for everyone and the techniques and the methods are different, but you have to find a way to enjoy eating healthy. Yes. You have to find a way to enjoy exercising. For sure. Um, you know, if every time you eat a healthy meal is a chore and a punishment and every time you exercise is a painful experience, mm. then I don't think you, you have much hope of yeah. maintaining that in the long term. Right. So, you know, that's why I definitely think that the reframing that you're trying to, you know, suggest there is, is critical. Yeah, I think just, just try and paint a bright future for yourself. Like, think about in 12 months time, where do you want to be? How do you want to feel? What do you want to be able to do with yeah. your new life? Like, imagine Vivid the detail. future you. Like, what is it going to look like? How, like, you know, yeah, just get excited about it. Absolutely. I think, I think that's, a great, that's a great point to end on. Cool, yeah, that's that's 13 points out of 27. I think we're going to call it and bang on 45 minutes. Call it halfway there and we will see you guys in the next episode. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was I think that was very exciting and I mean, I'm looking forward to doing the second round. So, you know, please look out for the next podcast. Um, and then you know, once we've done that, we're going to you know, formalize everything and we'll eventually publish a set of sleek geek beliefs and hopefully in the future we might even do a podcast on you know some because some of these topics themselves each point could be, an entire, could be an Absolutely. entire topic yeah um, you know we've been very brief but you know we wanted to just give you guys an insight into some of our thinking so thank you and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast yeah and in the community cheers guys cheers